When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, hi, friend. Welcome to Telling Everybody Everything. Now, it's a very special episode today. I won't get into my own thoughts and feelings about the world, pop culture, so people being mean about Zac Efron's face, the horrifically invasive and completely inappropriate Charlotte Crosby documentary that went out on Channel 5 the other night. I'm not even going to talk about Kourtney Kardashian's relationship with Travis Barker and how excited I was to see the last episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, the most recent one, where Scott Disick said he wanted to marry Kourtney and was in love with her. I'm not going to talk about how satisfying I found his pain. Instead, I would like to dedicate this entire episode of Telling Everybody Everything to divorce. Now, I am currently married. It's my only marriage. A lot of people think that I was married to Violet's father. I was not. I just sometimes I think divorce is shorthand for leaving the other parent of your child. I have a lot of the same experiences and I had a lot of the same challenges as someone navigating a very tumultuous split and then co-parenting thereafter. I talk about the subject a lot and I want to connect with people. I want to help people. And it dawned on me that maybe my experience is becoming irrelevant because this all happened a decade ago for me and you see me now powerful glamorous problematic sometimes Uh, I'm very far removed from the vulnerable scared person the hurt person the guilty person that I was during the split so luckily for me Joanne is going through a separation slash pending divorce You know Joanne. She's my middle sister. I talk about her living in the woods. We love Joanne. Elusive Joanne. We don't hear from Joanne enough. And it's been long enough that she has assured me she feels very comfortable talking about some elements of this. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for people who are navigating this part of their lives now to hear from someone who's maybe closer to their position. So you've heard a lot from me. I came out the other side of it. Love all my splits that I've had. I cherish each split, but when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't always feel that way. So I'm going to call Joanne in a second. And then after that, we're going to talk to my favorite divorced hunk, Bobby Kay. Two different experiences of divorce, both relevant, both interesting, I feel. So first, let's get Joanne on the phone. And I hope that you enjoy this episode of Telling Everybody Everything Divorce Special. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm fine. You don't sound sick anymore. No, I'm a lot better. I'm feeling great now. And you don't have the vid. No, (laughs) not yet. (laughs) Yeah, but do you remember when we were little, sometimes we would feel sick? Yeah. (laughs) That's probably what it was, one of those. Well, yeah, because I mean, I teach six-year-olds, and so I have whatever germs they have, even if I'm wearing a mask and being careful and... I also teach six-year-olds. Do you? When they're, you know, left in the living room or maybe they overhear my podcast and they learn a ton of new things. (laughs) I was talking to dad today who loves the vid and he can't wait to get his vaccine this week. And he was like, oh, yeah, I said, oh, Joanne's sick. But, you know, 
I think whatever happened, she would be totally fine. And dad's like, Catherine, you do not know. 30-year-olds die. And I took it upon myself to find out how many Canadian 30-year-olds have died. And I will tell you that 89 people between the age of 30 and 39 have died. And of 38 million Canadians, that is a 0.00023 chance of contracting and dying from the vid in your age category. Yeah, you never know. Anyway, I want to talk to you about a brighter subject today, divorce. Oh, yay! Yeah, I thought I'd do a podcast about divorce. I am not divorced, as you know, because I was never stupid enough to marry any of my enemies. But you and the father of your child who were married are now going through the process of hopefully soon no longer being married. Yes. Yes. So I know that um, sometimes I talk about how difficult it was to leave the father of my child, whom everyone assumes left me because single mothers are like discarded trash. Well, just it's interesting because after a year and a chunk of being single I finally downloaded the dating apps this is what I saw locally in my age group uh at multiple men in their bios saying things like no single mothers please if you were a catch uh you'd still be with him oh it's like wow single parents aren't single parents because they were undesirable partners like there are so many things that go into it um Anyway, having said that, if if you're if it's your personal preference to not get into a relationship with someone who has already been married or who has children, I think that's okay as a personal preference. But to be like, oh, it's because you're all trash, is it, just um, it, I don't know. That seems to just be the fun joke going right now, and I, I just think it's absolutely wild. Well, I don't know because I think that maybe the men who posted that felt like uh, women in their lives or whatever were responsible for splits maybe in the same that I kind of assume I'm sorry if I see a guy who's like I'm a single father I'm like well what does that mean you're a single father like twice a month or you're a single father because what did you do like I do have to say that I always assumed that the guy had like done something wrong so my very first date that I had back in October um he was also recently ish divorced within the year and you know nothing wrong with him up front and you know he had a decent job nice looking guy but as he started sort of giving me little tidbits of details about his divorce it dawned on me that his youngest was only a few weeks old when the split happened Mm. And so it kind of cued me to say to him, whoa, that's, wow, that's unusual. Did something really big happen? I'm sorry, no judgment, but did you cheat or something like that? And he, he looked me dead in the eye and he said, yeah, I did. I completely screwed up. And, you know, so <laughs> I, I, I was guilty of that feeling too, where it's sort of like, okay, your marriage ended. So what's wrong with you? What did you do? And I kind of went ahead and asked the question and he answered really honestly. And uh, it didn't, it didn't make me think he was a bad person or anything like that. What? Just what? What? So because he was honest about cheating on the just had a baby wife that he's divorced <laughs> that you were like, well, he said he was hiding nuclear weapons and so you can't really fault him <laughs> well, for but, war no, crimes. I, I definitely didn't want to see him again, but it wasn't be- just because of that. I also just wasn't feeling it with him. Jeez. Well, I mean, okay. Going back to the very beginning, you know, and we all like the father of your child. Sometimes things don't work out. That's fine. No one's here to say anything bad about him. But let me ask you this. Why did you get married in the first place? Uh, I've been sort of soul searching this a lot. And I had an ex before him who did and said a a lot of really mean and negative things to me and I almost married him I was engaged to him and I called off the wedding oh yeah and he has like a tattoo of your naked body on his body uh I heard he has some pinup girl tattoo all like someone some other guy who was dating a friend of mine saw it in the gym and was like that's for sure Joanne 
and on the would-be day of our wedding, he went and got a black ring tattooed on his left ring finger, which was so silly. And his best friend was like, um, don't do it. Like, you're going to marry someone else someday, and she's going to wonder why you have that. Like, it, anyway. Plus, getting a tattoo on your ring finger makes you look more married than ever. I know. Yeah, you would think, right? Um, That's so funny. So I think when I met my son's father, nice guy, not a bad person, but deep down, looking back with the 2020 vision that we always have in hindsight, um, I think in the beginning, I even knew that we weren't a great match, but he was such an overcorrection yeah. for my ex that it felt like the right move. And it was sort of, you know what, I, I'm not really digging this thing about him. However, it's the total opposite of my ex and I will take this over that. So I might as well go for this. And there was sort of a series of those issues in the beginning. Yeah. And I think overcorrections are really typical of uh you know the next relationship and they're really dangerous if you marry like just because it's different you have to be uh yeah. careful and I, like I don't know and I had a child you know Violet your niece um <laughs> because I was obviously like of the mindset I just got diagnosed with lupus I really believed I could die from lupus or never have kids because when you google a new disease you're like what and I considered that we weren't really getting along but I said well if I haven't broken up with him by now I never will so then I doubled you said down. those exact words to me yeah you said those exact words to me isn't it fun when you never take street drugs you remember like everything you've ever said <laughs> is that why I remember you know it's funny my memory is so good sometimes I'll walk by somebody and I will stop myself waving because I think well there's no way they remember me <laughs> yeah which is so interesting because um, according to my ex, I incorrectly remember everything that went down in our relationship. Oh, yeah. That's called gaslighting. Oh. <laughs> it's fun. It's new. I mean, it's not new, but it has a name now. So you decided to end it. And then I guess having a small child, I can definitely relate. It's like really scary. And you probably felt guilt. Well, I, I had my own stigma, right? Like, I, so even though I never looked at those families like, ooh, tisk tisk, I had that view on myself where I felt like I'm no longer married to the father of my son. This is awful. I'm awful. I'm selfish. Like, and, and there were so many times, and I even texted and called you about it in the middle of the night being like, should I just get back together with him? Like, this is so awful. Like, like, what am I going to do? Um, and, it wasn't because I wanted him back. It was because I felt such immense guilt toward my son. Yeah, but know? I also, even if you're not in love with someone anymore, I think it still sucks to hurt their feelings. Like, you know, we're not terrible people. We don't want to just... it Because it hurts to be dumped. Of course. So, but yeah. I felt dumped day after day after day while I was married. Same, you know I mean? same. How bad was it? How bad is it now? Do you think you're on an upwards curve emotionally? I think I've been on an upwards curve basically from the beginning. And of course, it's dipped down. We all have days where we wonder and look over our shoulder, what if? But it has been on a steady upwards curve since the beginning. And so because it's been nearly two years, I've, I've, I think I've reached that hump of a level five and I'm going well above and beyond a level five out of ten that's of good feeling good do you think it's been long enough now like it's still fresh but do you feel like you have any wisdom in hindsight or like any advice I wish and I do this now but I wish that right off the get-go I had just bought a very plain agenda with dates and just sort of taken notes of interactions and how things were going and even perhaps my own feelings just to a get them out and b just to you know keep a log of it just in case and I also wish that I had just paid more attention to my emotions and not um picked up on anxiety that was drawn from oh my goodness I wonder what that person thinks of me or oh if I run into that person I'll be coming out of the divorce closet. Do they know yet? Do they know yet? Like, I wish I hadn't worried about those people outside of me as much because that did give me a lot of angst in the beginning. 
Well, that's a good exercise then. If there's anything that teaches you to give less of a fuck about what other people think, so be it. It's um, probably the best thing you can do for yourself overall. Yeah, because that was really, really hard for the first three months. And every time I would sort of talk to or see a new person, because this was before the pandemic, and they'd, oh, how are you guys? What are you guys up to? And I would sort of go, oh, well, we're just doing this and he's doing this. And I would sort of answer very vaguely in a way that, and, and, and I would get scared. I would be scared of the reaction. And, and so I wish that I didn't do that to myself, you know? And did you have to split custody of friends? Um, not really. Uh, one thing that I always made sure that I did, and I learned this from mom, is that I made sure that my social circle didn't exclusively consist of my husband's friends' wives. Did anything bad happen? Like, did the people judge you? Did anyone come up and say something really out of line to you? like anywhere near as bad as what you feared I mean it did happen a couple times and it happened from someone that I felt was kind of 80 percent my friend and 20 percent his friend so I was super shocked by that said what Um, oh you know what you should really be thinking of your son (gasps) like like but he's you know I saw him in the parking lot and you can tell he really just loves his family like just and it's like okay because you saw him in a parking lot once and what was your son uh, doing in a parking lot? No, no, no. Like, I, like, look, oh, I saw your ex oh. you guys off in a parking lot, like, kind of thing. Um, and this was a person, and part of the reason it hurt so much was because, like I said, it was a person that was friends with me, yeah. who was, by extension, friends with my ex, but this person was mostly friends with me, and this was also a person that I had been confiding in a lot with the problems that I was having in my marriage. People are weird. People put their own expectations and criteria onto you. I hate that when people go, oh, you can really tell how much he loves you. That's been said to me about a host of men. Um, Oh, he, he cheated on you, but you can tell how much he loves you. Oh, why are you leaving him? You can tell how much he loves you. And my answer is like, yeah, everybody loves me. I'm a fucking delight. That's not good enough. Yeah, exactly. It's so old school too to think that just because you have like a two home, you know, parenting, whatever it's called, like co-parenting a child, that it's somehow damaging them. Like we don't have a generation of anxious people who've grown up in loveless marriages who had parents who fought all the time or just who had parents who didn't fight maybe but who had like – just bad vibes or bad examples. No one thinks, oh, like that damages the child. They just go, what are you doing to your son? It's like, well, maybe you heard wrong. I didn't say I killed his dad. I said I left his dad. Yeah, exactly. And and it's it's interesting when people give you their, their advice like that based on, oh, but what about your child? And a, a really interesting one that I got was um, with breastfeeding my child and people saying oh you're still breastfeeding oh well how old is he aren't you worried what if he remembers aren't you worried he's going to remember and I had many people um vocalize their concerns to me that my child would remember moments in the rocking chair with me nursing (laughs) and I I breastfed him until he was 17 Oh, <laughs> about three years and three months old and he totally weaned off on his own like I, I kind of let him drive that and it is highly unlikely that he'll remember when you're drinking so much I mean that child would have been absolutely mashed <laughs> of course yeah well right now still in the middle of it not yet legally divorced but you are separated yeah yes from your perspective what do you think would help single parents navigate like these very adult decisions I think it would help them if they just stood their ground and were certain of their decisions and confident in their decisions and one of the ways that we could make that easier is if we stopped judging and speaking to single parents like they're broken or that they're imperfect parents or imperfect humans because I'm now two years into my separation I'm very single I'm very much separated and not going back 
I feel like I'm getting a lot of judgment, like, ooh, like, Joanne's been dating this guy, like, ooh, and, and the idea is sort of, oh, her life is so messed up right now, she can't be dating this guy, and it's sort of like, so you think that mothers need to be perfect, like, you think that single parents need to be perfect, and when I am perfect enough in your eyes, then I am deserving of love from a new man, but until then, I need to just stay home. And be a mom. Well, I would just say that I would counsel people fresh in a separation or going through anything that is tumultuous. I would say that they shouldn't date only because when you're in a vulnerable position or when you're going through something, you don't want to have another overcorrection or choose uh, for reasons of vulnerability because those are always bad choices. I think you should make decisions, especially relationship decisions, from an empowered perspective. And if you're not quite yourself yet, then you could be mixing with the wrong crowd. So if you were saying that to me, which I think you were because I was not very encouraging of your dating life, that's why I said it. Not because I judge you, but because I think if you're hurt at all, you shouldn't find someone new. No, I know. And I think that you, I'm, I, that wasn't directed at you. I know that you were like really not into the whole Mark idea. Um, and we can't say Mark I, on the podcast. I know, but I don't even think, I didn't even think we were, I thought you and I were having a conversation. But even though you weren't in, into the, I don't know, I don't know what to call him, Mork. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> him going to itchy and scratchy land and he can't find license plates that say mark they all say mork no like this could be off the record because that was not directed at you that was not directed at you uh, it's not off the record because... i'm recording a podcast okay well anyway those comments weren't directed at you because you were right and you were warning me of those things a year ago you were warning me of those things fresh out of my relationship right but to have other people like I don't know a year and eight months out of my separation to be like mm, she seems really interested in this guy this is worrisome it's like well, what do you want me to do what do you want me to do of course I'm interested in this guy he's a lovely guy and I'm actually I am so happy that I don't have to live with the guilt of being so vocally against whether to your face or behind your back your reunion with Bobby because people were being absolute garbage about that and it's like the only reason people are garbage to Catherine about when she does choose to get into a relationship is because she's a mother so everyone needs to no. get their opinion in there I don't think so I think people gave Bobby a hard time because he's genuinely the only guy that I've dated for a while who isn't a fully fledged criminally insane maniac we were just so talking about giving him a hard time well when Carrie and mom were being a bit spicy in the beginning it's because they were going off my past decisions. I think if people are being weird with you and you're a new partner, it's because you've made terrible decisions. So I've also been guilty of making terrible decisions. So why isn't my next decision terrible? Now, in my case, it wasn't. And in your case, hopefully it wasn't. But I mean, I think when the family suspect foul play, they're not judging you for being a mom. They're just saying like, Catherine yeah. and Joanne sometimes choose bad men. Well, it seems like everyone in the family has looked up the criminal history of the guy that I'm dating now. Oh, yeah. Um, Carrie was talking to a detective. How'd you know that? Uh, Carrie just told me. Oh, yeah. Because See, she'd make promised. a terribly shit spy. You're not supposed to hire a detective and, like, creep around some guy's life and then just tell you that you did it. She didn't hire a detective. He lives in a small town where, coincidentally... <laughs> Her best friend also lives, and the husband works for the Canadian Royal Police, the RCMP. Um, and so they just, like, did a run on him, and they was like, no, he's clean. But here's the thing. I had already done that. Like, you think during a pandemic, <laughs> All I'm hearing is Canadian for hired a detective. <laughs> but I had already, before I met him, like, 
it's public information. You can just type a person's name and you can see if they ever had a DUI or you can see if they ever like punched someone out in front of a bar and got arrested for it. Anyway, I looked Wait, him up in... what's that website? I go on thedirty.ca. Have you been on oh, there? no. I'm not talking that. I'm talking public records. Like if you just Google like public court records, British Columbia, it'll be like, hey, please put the first and last name of the person that you want to uh, sleuth about. Well, that's good to know. And, that's great advice. Yeah. Like I said, it's new and I'd be pretty sad if we broke up but at the same time a breakup isn't a failure in your life it just means that you broke up it doesn't mean that he broke up with me because I'm undesirable or there was something wrong with me I I think I'm too old for that mindset and I'm past that now that's really good advice and uh I think it's something simple that a lot of people maybe don't know so they need to hear it who knows a hundred times I think a lot of people think that and I think if I think it's pretty easy to think, oh my gosh, I got dumped. If only I was more wealthy, if only I was prettier, um, then I could have prevented this from happening. Meanwhile, someone has cheated on Beyonce. So let's just be real. And Halle Berry. It's, oh, seriously? Yeah. If there's any advice to the people getting broken up with or the people that have been separated for a while and looking to date like you dating and then no longer dating someone isn't a failure in your life well thank you so much for your time today on telling everybody everything i love listening to it i'm so honored to ever be on it you sound like mom every time i talk to mom she's like hi i love listening to the podcast i do love listening to the podcast like there it makes me laugh it has made me weep It is like flicked on so many light bulbs for me. It's it's awesome, and then it's it's and then what I really like about it too is I don't have enough access to Catherine Ryan content out here in the mountains, so it's something that I can access that's Catherine Ryan. So that's exciting for me too, in of itself. And one day soon, Wi-Fi. Tell your son that we say hello and have a really great rest of your day. Thank you. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Glad to hear it's all good. Bye. What an absolute treat to hear from Joanne. Uh, We've been speaking to Joanne all about this for a while, and I think it's so good and useful that she's in a place that is peaceful enough where she wants to talk about it and, and help people. Another person whom I admire greatly and who I might have mentioned is divorced, the world's sexiest man, the nation's sweetheart, it's Bobby Kay, and he's a favorite on the podcast. Let's get him up here. Let's ask him about his divorce. But first, a short message from our sponsors. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So I have made jokes before about how, oh, you really need to find a divorced man. You know, it humbles them, blah, blah, blah. These are jokes. In reality, one of the things that I, one of the many things that I thought was very attractive about you and very peaceful is that you seem to have had a very amicable split. Your situation is different to many because you met really young. You didn't have children. So I think that removes a layer of complexity. But um, I don't know. Tell me about it. Well, to go first, like when you're in your mid-30s and you're, like you said, trying to meet someone and they're divorced, if they haven't had a serious relationship or a child, I feel like 
something's not right with him. Like what has gone wrong? If you're 35, you don't have, you're not divorced or you don't have a child or something. I feel like that's very strange. That's really interesting because when I speak to Joanne, my sister and your sister-in-law, yes. you know, I always talk with like the podcast they might not know. Everyone knows Joanne. The girl I slag off in my Netflix specials that I grew up with and we have the same parents. Um, Joanne feels like being a separated mom, people think, well, what's wrong with you? But it's interesting that you say, oh, if you've never had a serious relationship and you're in your 30s or 40s equally what's wrong with you and that's an interesting take no for sure and even if like i met you know a girl and they're like they haven't had a marriage or like a really serious relationship or like some type of situation when you're 35 it's like i don't know it's very strange so i just wanted to point that out you think they might have like commitment issues or like issues for sure 100 (laughs) percent. i love that you generalize it to like i don't know how you can go from like 20 to 35 without going through something yeah but for me, coming out on the other side of that, I think nowadays you, you start dating someone in your mid-20s. It goes along well. You haven't really fully become the adult that you will become. And you kind of start to grow apart. Or sometimes you, you, you don't. But in many cases, you start to have different interests. And it doesn't work out or it's not going to work. And in my case, I think we kind of both force the issue because... We were together for seven years, six years, got engaged. Like It just seemed like, okay, this is the next step is to get married. And then as soon as we had, it went even further south, I suppose. And it was, it was a mistake for sure. We both kind of recognized it. We both kind of tried to hang in there, but it was never meant to be. That's for sure. Well, I think that's really um, common in our culture. And I mean the culture of even the town we grew up in that a lot of people did things in order. They either, I mean, we have friends that were dating mm-hmm. in high school who are married well, now. Sure. But then usually you go to college or you do something like that, you meet someone, you can't really date someone for 10 years and not marry her because all her friends in that culture right. are like, well, what's happening? What's When's your next? And you want to go on the wine tour and have the bachelorette. Mm. And we do some disgusting practice in Canada as well called a stag and doe. Well, I never participated in, in that practice. God, that's another thing that attracted me to you. It's like a fundraiser for your wedding. But yes, you yeah. you need to have a fundraiser for your wedding when you're 25. Because you're still a child. So, I mean, how are you going to pay for it otherwise? Well, um, I mean, you don't throw a charity casino <laughs> in like a hockey arena. I know. To make a couple hundred bucks. And if you're a bridesmaid, then your job is to walk around with like a money pouch from your side hustle as a waitress. And then you give out these little tickets and you make. Oh, by the way, it's not just your friends invited to this fundraiser. It's anyone in the town, like any strange fuck can show up and donate to your wedding, basically, and buy definitely illegal casino tickets. And then you have little games. What? I don't know. Anyway, I digress. It's very unique to the area, I think. I don't know if it happens everywhere else in the world. I assume not. Please email us at tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com if stag and doe is a part of the culture where you live and tell us where that is and we'll shut it down. I kind of admire it in some (laughs) respects. I would never do it, but yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so you were young. You were together a long time. Did you feel pressure to take it to the next level? I don't know if I felt pressure. I just felt like, well, this is the next step. Like after X amount of time, we had a breakup. We were together for eight years. Four years in, we had a breakup. We got back together. And then two years after that was kind of the engagement. And it's, again, just like the next step. And I really did like the family. Yeah. And it just seemed correct at the time. But you didn't have friends or family asking you, like, what are you going to do? Of course they ask, but that I don't think that affected me. But you wouldn't call it pressure. No, I wouldn't call it pressure. Just seemed like the next step. That's yeah. all. And then from the time that things looked dicey to when you ended it, like what kind of length of time are we talking about? Well, we were married and we had probably six months of decent like honeymoon marriage type thing. And then a year of like, oh kind of hang on for dear life mm. so yeah we were married a year and a half only after being together for like six and a half years before that and it just seemed like as soon as we got married things kind of cleared up that it wasn't the right thing to do and do you think it was 
because you didn't have an ego about it that you dealt with it so well? Like, what do you think is the difference between a couple that have this terrible, tumultuous split um, where I don't know what happens. Either one person wants to stay or someone else has cheated or obviously if there are kids involved, it's trickier. But like, what was special about you two that made you, even though I'm sure there were some hurt feelings at the time, like how did you keep it so cool? Well, 100% not easy. No. And it will always get worse before it eventually gets better. You know, after a year, you're like, okay, it was the right thing. But the first year is like a really major transition as far as like separating, you know, you're moving out, you have different items you're trying to separate, you have wedding gifts you're trying to sort, um, who gets what. So after you kind of get comfortable with the separation, then you can grow afterwards. Mm. It's never going to be easy. And I guess it just takes a certain type of personality to be able to decipher feelings versus what's good and what's right. Because you will be hurt, for sure. Oh, gosh. Then that makes me wonder, now that you say that it's not easy, but it's right. I don't know if this next generation has the skills to withstand something that's not easy, but it's right. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you had years of really punishing football practices and, like... You know, terrible things that weren't easy, but they were right. Right. And uh, I think it's easy to tap out and be like, forget it, forget it. We'll just stay together if you can't handle that tumultuous time. Well, I think now people definitely give up quicker and don't try as hard to like marriage does take work, obviously. And so I think it's tough to say, but I think now the younger generation, oh, I quit. I'm out. Um, but a split takes work, too. I mean. I think a oh, lot of people for sure, for almost sure. break up and then they're like, oh, I quit. I'm out because it's hard. It's really hard. It oh. just I've seen a meme before that's like, choose your hard. Like being through a breakup is hard. Being married is hard. Being a single parent is hard. Staying with someone you don't like is hard. Choose your hard. Well, I guess what you're saying is life is hard, <laughs> which it is. I mean, there's no real key advice except for just know that it will get better. How would you describe like the months after the initial split before you started feeling better? Right away, I'm like, oh, this is good. I'm going to be okay. And then like within a few weeks, maybe like three or four weeks, things kind of crashed. Things have changed so much, you're, like concerned and worried. And you're like, oh no, this is not meant to be. This is not meant to be. This is not what I want. Um, and so you kind of try and tread water maybe. And then you sink a bit. And then you ultimately do grow, I think. And obviously each situation is different. But after about eight months, six months, you kind of start to see that it is the right thing and you start to grow and things start happening positively in your life. Although not for me sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. You did the classic Joanne of overcorrection. You're just like, all right, I'm going to do something completely out of my character, but... You got on the dating apps too, didn't you? I did get on the dating apps, yes. But like there was never... I never took it too seriously because there is a lot of catfishing going on. There's a lot of people that just want to like chat and be pen pals. I didn't ever want that. Yeah. If there's a connection, I always like, oh, do you want to meet up? And they'd be like, whoa, 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 too soon. I'm like, okay, well, like... Let's just chat some more then. I don't know. Like, I was not a too soon girl. Uh, no, but I, I was like, let's go for a drink. Cut to. Well, that's a whole. In other. the cab. Cut to. We got married. Cut to. Podcast. Exactly. Here we are. <laughs> I'd be terrible <laughs> on the dating apps. Yeah. Well, you know what that's called is I was reading stuff about equilibrium and how your, I don't know what it is, like your your mind or your senses, whatever. You just want balance. So a lot of people stay in a bad relationship or they go back to the wrong relationship just because it's what their uh, psyche knows. And anytime you fall off balance, even if it's for good, anything out of balance makes you try to regain that balance. So I think that's what happens after the first four weeks. You go, oh, this is fine. And then Mm -hmm. your body goes, whoa, 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 everything's different. And then you just flip out for a while i 100 percent agree you think everything's gonna be good but you will like bottom out you inevitably you have to because it all kind of sinks in you know after getting married you don't want to have to tell your friends oh i'm getting divorced like i don't have a lot of people in my life that have been divorced a lot of my friends are married happily so i was like kind of going on my own so to speak 
What was that like? Did you feel judgment from your friends or how did you tell people? Was that one of the more difficult bits is like, did you feel like you were letting people down? No, it's more of an internal thing. Like I, I really didn't care that I was, other people thought I was getting divorced. It was just, no, it wasn't like external, it was more internal. Like I failed. That's so interesting. That's what my sister said as well. So I think, oh, I'm starting to think when we project all this stigma and so many people talk about stigma. Oh, there's a stigma against single moms. There's a stigma against being divorced. It's bad. It's bad. It's like no one is really saying that to you too much. It is just how you feel inside. But where do we get that message from that you're a failure if you, if I think if you recognize something is not serving you and it cannot be resolved then I think it's a real mark of strength and character to move on from that and I think to do it with the poise and grace that you guys did I think is really great and I think I see 70 year old couples who absolutely hate each other and uh what is that a success because they like lived their whole lives never really being in love I don't think so yeah, I mean, a lot has changed. You do have those seven-year-old couples that do hate each other, but then you have the seven-year-old couples that like did struggle and like of course and work. It's not easy, that's for sure. What? This marriage is easy. Oh, this is absolutely yes. I'm just saying the decision to divorce or separate. When do you think we're gonna start to hate each other? I mean, after lockdown, I don't think. I mean, I think through lockdown it drew us closer together. So I don't. But we got to have a bad spot. Like even the couples who love each other for like 20 years, they have like a, like a blip. Yeah. Seven year itch. I don't know. <laughs> I don't... Maybe we already had it all. Yeah. We went through a lot. When I quickly. Cool Ranch Doritos for a month. Yes. I mean, we are. And cried on my parents, my dad's. Oh my God. It was so depressing actually. When we broke up when I, we were 16 or 17 or whatever, I, did I tell you about the fire trucks? Um, no. So my dad and my mom had split, as you know. So like my grandma died, my grandpa died, my parents divorced, you broke up with me. And I was like just dealing with terrible eyebrows. And so I had a lot of struggle in my life at the time. And I wouldn't eat anything apart from Cool Ranch Doritos. This is not a sponsored segment of the podcast. I thought they were delicious and I felt sick all the time and I didn't want any real food. Just wanted Cool Ranch Doritos. My dad was an example, actually, of someone at the time who didn't want to get divorced from his wife. And he was really resisting what I think he's happy now that my mom initiated. Um, God bless Cheryl. Love their new relation. Well, it's not new, but they're newly married. My dad got married. Thanks to us. I know. Thanks to us. He was waiting for all his kids to get married, I think. And then we got married and they got married two months after. I think Copied Cheryl was us. like, well, Catherine got married in eight months. So yeah, no people are like, if Catherine could get married, we can get married. Cause they had dated for like 15 years or something. Anyway. Yeah. So my dad was going through this real depressive time too, where he got this little flat opposite the golf course. You know where those flats are? I think where his head's at. Yeah. <laughs> he was living in this little flat and he like insisted that we go visit him in this flat. And uh, it was just a real sad place to be, you know, he used to iron his shirts for money and stuff. And I was at the flat laying on the floor and my dad had taken my little sisters out for ice cream. And I was like, I am obviously not coming. I'm a teenager and I'm depressed because of Bobby Kay. And I was laying on the floor with my cool orange Doritos and the smoke alarm went off in the building. And it's like a big apartment complex, right? So this fire alarm is going off and I knew it was a false alarm. It's never a real fire. That's like not official advice, by the way. If a smoke alarm goes off, I think you're supposed to leave the building. But at the time I was like... Just didn't care. Yeah, I don't think I've ever left the building after a fire. No. <laughs> and we're okay. Um, so then my dad and my sisters returned from this ice cream run. And all these fire trucks were at the bottom of the apartment building. And all the tenants were outside gathering in the fire safe place. And my dad, for a moment, genuinely thought the worst. Like he thought well, that. That's absolutely normal. You absolutely have to think the worst. But I was cool. I was just laying on the floor. So hopefully that was the worst that happens with that. I'm sure that was not the worst thing that happened to him after. No, to me. Oh, to you. To our relationship. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I, that's why we don't fight. We've been there. And I'm never mad at you. I love you every day. Mm. So, okay. So you went through this in a very different way to some. Joanne, 
you know, talked about when she sees single dads or like divorced guys, it was her initial instinct to think like, what did you do? And then when they see single moms, they think, well, if you were such a catch, you wouldn't be a single mom. Um, where do you stand on that issue? Because there's clearly nothing wrong with either of you. No, I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to be like holier than thou, but I don't have any bias towards anyone. There's situations that happen. There's people that go through things or grow out of things or become things. And I, I, the one thing I do, as I said earlier, if you haven't been through anything, that's weird. Yeah. You know, um, but you want someone that's dealt with something. People that have been through something, whether it be deaths in the family or relationship problems, they that helps you grow. I agree. Now, I remember you telling me that things were pretty streamlined. Divorce doesn't have to be like this big detente with lawyers and costing hundreds of thousands of pounds. I think a lot of people are afraid of that. But didn't you do it in a pretty simple way? Yes. We we're, again, fortunate we didn't have any children you know, fairly young now, nowadays to get divorced. So you can just do a separation agreement. And if you both can come to terms, you don't have to pay fees to a lawyer, you know, which things goes where, and then you sign that agreement, kind of sit on it. And then if you get divorced, that stands. And then you separate whatever assets you have. Um, we didn't have a ton. So it was, again, kind of easy. So if you're a young couple going through divorce, I definitely recommend that. The dream. And, you know, I've had lawyers before, just entertainment lawyers or even just, I don't know, I sound very mysterious. I've had lawyers and they always say that lawyers get rich off principle. Like people always want to prove a point or they want to hurt someone's feelings. And no one benefits from that apart from the lawyer. Like sometimes you need a lawyer to protect yourself in certain situations, but if you can avoid it. I mean, there's a reason why some lawyers get a bad rap. It's because, you know, they can take advantage of situations where you're vulnerable. Yeah, and you don't want that. So try to avoid that if you can. Yeah, um, there's forms you can download. It's It can be easy. Now, again, if you're a younger couple, it's much easier. That's all. I think a lot of people look to you, BK, for like your cool, calm wisdom. Uh, so would you have any closing comments on this topic before we end it? You kind of have to deal with the loss. It's like some type of grief mm. it's like losing someone important to you you have to properly deal with that and you don't want to overcompensate or make some rash decisions which a lot of people do get yourself together so you can make yourself attractive to someone else if you're sloppy and like going on tinder and just like <laughs> fucking around about like it's it's not good for your mental health so get your mental health right you know get in shape focus on your job focus on things you can focus on and then you can continue to grow and make yourself attractive to someone else like TV's Catherine Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And be nice about your ex if you can, because that made you very attractive to me too. Well, I've always been nice to you. and But you were nice about your exes too. Like you weren't a vengeful prick. I don't hear you slagging anyone off. And I love that. But with you, and again, she Catherine's my very first girlfriend, lost my virginity to her. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Again um, and again. But I thought when I broke up there, I'm like, oh, this is like normal. You'll just find someone else like this. And you don't. And I had it very good for my first relationship. So I thought the rest would be like this. And it's not the case. So got to cherish those good connections. That's a really good point, too, though, actually. So we needed to break up because we were children. And that's fair enough. But... If you have a nice marriage and you are with a husband or a partner, wife, whatever, that you should be cherishing a little bit more, then you kind of have to do it right away and like realize what you have if it's good. Because I think divorce doesn't just come out of nowhere. I think Joanne put it really um, succinctly when she said she felt dumped every day. You know, you feel... Like you're not important in a relationship, I think, or not valued or something's wrong for a long time before the end. Go for what you want, but also try and cherish what you have. It's Yeah, because people have so many options now. They have so many options. It's so easy to get away and it's hard to work. But now people aren't prisoning themselves like they did in the 50s. Mm. So it's always going to be a bit of a balancing act. So I need to do more from you. I need to, I should have helped you cut the lawn today. 
no, I do not want you out there cutting lawn. My lines are tight and I don't want any swiggles. So. There are certain nice things I want to do for you that would just be a nightmare for no. you. Like Bobby just had a birthday. It was not announced on telling everybody everything. It's very low key on social media because he doesn't want anything for his birthday. Equally, one time I nearly, oh, well, every time I try to buy you something that you like, I can't do that because I understand that I will do it wrong. If I tried to cut the lawn for you, that would just be probably one of the meanest things I could ever yeah, do to you. Yeah, that's very disrespectful to cut the lawn or like <laughs> buy a lawnmower or any gas-powered items. Is It's just, I would not feel good. If you have a really cool barbecue, please tell us what kind it is. And then, Bobby, I will consult with you before purchasing it. That's a good idea. Okay, see? We're like compromising already. This is what makes our marriage so successful. I love you. Love you too. Thank you for being a guest on Telling Everybody Everything. Thanks for having me. Thank you to my guests this evening or this morning or this afternoon. Maybe you're listening to the podcast while you're gardening or you're going for a walk. You just have it on in the kitchen. A lot of people have reached out to say, you know, Catherine, your voice is so soothing. It helps me fall asleep, which is a slam. I mean, come see me on tour and fall asleep there. That (laughs) would hurt my feelings. Did I ever tell you about the time I fell asleep in a Sarah Silverman show? And it was not because it wasn't funny. I had just landed off a flight from London to Montreal for the Just for Laughs Festival. And I was so fucking tired. And the show was at midnight. And I, I had third row seats with the festival. So excited. I love Sarah Silverman. But I just couldn't stay awake because of, you know, being a new mom and the flight, everything. I was younger. And I put sunglasses on, which had come in my little swag bag. I had like Just for Laughs sunglasses. I put those on and I thought, I'll just fall asleep for a little bit. And I was with Ashling B, my colleague and friend. And Joe Lyson was there, actually. It was so much fun. And I put my head back and fell asleep with my mouth wide open because that is how I sleep. And the Montreal Gazette took a photo of the audience enjoying the gala. And there I was because I was so close to the stage that you could see me. I was lit up with the lights of the stage. And Ashling pointed at the photo and she was like, ah, would you look at that little blind girl there laughing her arse off? Because I just, because of the sunglasses, I mean, it just looked like I was visually impaired with my head back, mouth open, regaling with laughter. So... No harm, no foul. I'm on tour. My brand new show, Misses, just added 12 dates. You can get tickets to come fall asleep at that. I'm doing some gigs in the summertime, and hopefully you're all enjoying All That Glitters on BBC Two every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. I also have a book coming out. It's called The Audacity, and you can pre-order special copies um, from Waterstones, like online. I don't know. I don't know. Um... Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you are in a good place in your life. But if you want to get divorced, then really, I think we've provided a lot of insight. It's not the end of the world. You're not a failure. No matter where you are in your life, you're going to be great. We love you so much. See you next time. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com